Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, get your Bibles out and turn with me to two passages, Acts chapter 2 and then also 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to be looking at those. I'll do a little bit of a review today. We've got uh, this teaching and two more, and we'll be finished with this series. I know it's been good for me. I hope it's been good for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for your love. Thank you for what was demonstrated yesterday, that we're not just people of uh, hide behind four walls and not make a difference in our community. Thank you for the amount of money that came in. We're believing that even more will come in, and we just give you thanks. But today, as we come, Lord, to the closing of this series in a couple of weeks, I just pray that you'd help us say what we need to say today. I thank you, Lord, for your presence that's been so real. Even as we began this series on Holy Spirit, and I pray today that you would help me to say exactly what you want me to say. Please guard my lips that I won't say anything I shouldn't say. And Holy Spirit, take my words and use them to impact people's lives today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, those of you that are watching online, let me know if you're watching online. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a clap. Say, yeah, I'm watching online. I want to share, last week I said a couple of good books. Let me remind you, The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. A lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about today comes from uh, some of the stuff that I've got from Robert Morris, so I just give him the credit right there uh, because there's no use trying to reinvent the wheel. When somebody says it, you just become a voice to what they're saying. And so some of the things that you'll hear today, actually when you read the book, you'll hear some of those. So we've been in a series now for what, 12 weeks, and we talked about the gifts of God, right? We talked about the gifts of God himself, which are motivational gifts, right? We all have a motivational gift or several gifts, and we're to use those to benefit the body of Christ. Then we talked about the gifts of Jesus out of Ephesians that said that Jesus gave the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, ministerial offices. And then for the last four or five weeks, we've been looking at the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, I believe. And what we said in that is that the scripture, and if you want to look at me, I'm going to read that. Thank you for bringing that up and reminding me I wanted to read it. All right, look at here it is. There are manifestation of the spirit is given to each one to profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gift of gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same spirit, looks at this, works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And let me remind you, as we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, no one owns the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit owns these gifts. That means he can operate any of these nine gifts. There's three gifts that have to do with knowing something that you wouldn't know on your own. There are three gifts that have to do with to do things that you don't have the power to do. And then for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at things that we're supposed to say or speaking gifts that we have. So we talked about prophecy. We talked about uh, tongues and interpretation. And so today, I just want to kind of finalize that aspect and uh, sort of help us in that area 
of our spiritual prayer language. So today, uh, I just really would like for us to learn these truths. First of all, speaking in tongues is a language. Would you say that with me? Speaking in tongues is a language, a language. It's not gibberish, but it's a language. Remember, the first week I said, I know you've heard teachings before. I know Uncle Billy Bob has told you some things, things that you thought on your own. We all come from different backgrounds. Many of you come from a background that have no spiritual background, no history. Some of you come from very uh, structured uh, high church. Some of you come from Pentecostal charismatic background. So I said, for the last 12 weeks, regardless of your background, would you just give me a blank sheet of paper And let's see what the book says about Holy Spirit. And you've done that. You've done really well with that. And I know sometimes you say, well, I thought I heard that different. But when you look in the scripture, you say, oh, yeah, I see the scripture. And the the Lord has really helped us and made a difference. So I want to look at this passage in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 through 6. Acts 2, 1 through 6. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Would you underline that in one accord? Because I'm going to come back to that at the end of the teaching because that's very significant. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. It, it doesn't say fire came upon them, but it said as or like fire. In other words, there was a, there was a physical manifestation of some sort. Remember like Moses at the burning bush? It it signified the presence of God. And so it set up on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began. It's interesting that phrase there, that verb began. In the original, it means that it was a continuation from thereafter. In other words, it wasn't just a one-day event. And if you have a spirit-filled study Bible, it'll tell you that down in the margin. And I'll tell you, to get to heaven, you probably need a spirit-filled study Bible to help you. I don't get a commission on that. It's just that I've got a lot of study Bibles, and it's the best there is. Because it has to do with walking in the Spirit. So it said that they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then in verse 8, and, this, and, those, and the people that were there, it talks about what nation they were from. It says, and how is it that we all hear each one in our own what? in our own language. In other words, it's not gibberish. It's a language. Some lady came up towards after the first service, and I prayed with her, and she said, you know, I have this, I have this thought that comes in my mind every time I feel like exercising my spiritual prayer language. I have this thought that comes, this is just gibberish. I'm just making this up. Listen, I've been in ministry for 53 years, I've been spirit-filled. See, I'm 61. I'll be 62 in a few months. 70, sorry. I'm going backwards, right? Al, I'm going backwards because of your training, okay? So I'm 71. I'm 70. I'll be 72. But when I received my prayer language, I was about 12. So this has been part of me for deduct those years. How many is? I'm not going to go into another one, all right? It's a second service, and calculate that for me, Edwin, how many? But anyway, first number. There's not a day that I pray in my spiritual prayer language that the thought doesn't come to me. You're just making this up. You're just making this up. Now, I want to see if I'm in 
company of anybody that understands what I'm talking about. Those of you who have your prayer language, how many times has the enemy come to you and said, you're just making this up? Would you, would you look around? You're, you're in good company. You're in good company. So I told the lady, I said, look, every time that comes, you just say, no way, no way. This is my prayer language. It may not sound like somebody else. It may not be as fluent as somebody else, but this is my prayer language. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord gave her a breakthrough a few minutes ago. But let me talk about a few myths before we get into the rest of this teaching. Myth number one is this, that you began speaking in your prayer language very fluently at the very beginning. That happens very rarely, very rarely. Those of us that have, have grandkids or small kids, remember when they first started learning to speak? Remember how it was? They're trying desperately to talk to you, and they understand what they're saying, but you don't have the gift of interpretation, so you don't understand what they're saying. But you know what? I've, I've noticed never once, those of you that are parents or grandparents, have you ever rebuked your child for trying to speak to you in, in a language that they understood, right? You never said, that. stop that. Be more fluent in the midst of that. Say daddy with more emphasis. No, you just say, oh, that's so cute. All right, that's so cute. We just say, it's like, you know, it's just so wonderful. And you think everybody else should think it, how cute it is in the midst of all of that. And never once have you felt embarrassed. How much more? Is Papa God pleased with you when you just try you say, oh, but it, it doesn't sound like somebody else. It doesn't have to sound like somebody else. It's the beginning of a language that the Lord has given you. And as you exercise that, you'll find yourself becoming more fluent in, in the midst of that. And on the first Wednesdays, we're going to talk more about that. We're not going to end this series, but we're going to go into more detail about that. So, Father God likes for you to try. Second of all, sometimes people, the myth is, well, I'm afraid I can't control it. What if I go into a trance and just start speaking in tongues and I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden I have a wreck? Now just think about that. Or, you know, I'm in Publix and all of a sudden, you know, I just go into a trance and start speaking in tongues in Publix and then they arrest me, you know, as I'm trying to grab the microphone to speak over the public address system. Now think about that. Think about how silly that is. We just looked at the other spiritual gifts. Does the spiritual gift of teaching work that way? Does, I mean, did, did like I just get up here and all of a sudden my iPad just pops out? All of the teaching that's here today? No. I researched, I studied, I prayed, I've done speech classes, I've read speech books, I understand doing the best I have, I have a degree in speech education, and I have a degree in creating new words that you've never heard of before. The gift of teaching is one of my gifts. It just doesn't jump on me. But I determine that I will exercise this gift. Now, why is it of those nine gifts that we take the gift, speaking in tongues, and we put it over here, and we make it so different and separate from all of the others? So in, in the midst of all that, and then some people, here's another myth. Well, I'm just, you know, I just believe that if it's really God's will for me to have my prayer language, that he would just, that he would just do it. I wouldn't have to try. I wouldn't have to step out in faith. He would just, he would just give us. So I'm praying, Lord, 
if this is real, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and zap me, you know, just make it happen. Take my tongue, pull it out, move it up and down, move it sideways. And that, no, that, that's a myth. That, that, that doesn't happen. That's like, that's like saying, you know, we've already received the tithe and offering, but by every door we have a giving uh, container. And that's just like you saying, as you leave today, all of a sudden as you leave, you, the gift of giving comes on you. And your wallet jumps out of your pocket into your hand and you reach in there and you take money out and it just jumps into the thing. No, it doesn't happen like that. You choose. I will write a check, a big check. I will write a check and make sure that I get it. Why? I will. I will. And so let's just remember that we can't separate this gift from the others. It's a language, second of all in your notes, it's a language of the Spirit. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Look at this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to whom? God. For no one understands him. However, look at this. However, in the Spirit, or in the Holy Spirit, in a spiritual prayer language, he speaks mysteries. The Greek word is mysterion which means something that has been unveiled and you understand it, and you understand it. Now look at verses 14 and 15. Paul says, For if I pray in a tongue, in a, as we've been talking about, my spirit, the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I'm just not going to worry about this spiritual gift. Here's what he says. What is the conclusion? Read it with me. Then I will pray with the Spirit, and I'll also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll also sing with understanding. Wow. I really encourage you to memorize those verses. That says, it's a choice. I will. I will choose to sing in a spiritual language, heavenly language, I will choose to pray in a spiritual language. My mind, my mind is, is not really understanding all that's going on, but I'm clear about one thing. The Holy Spirit within me is speaking and praying through me. I, I think sometimes when we only pray in English or Spanish or Portuguese, Portuguese or Hebrew, whatever you pray in, could it be possible that in sometimes when we pray, we don't have the full understanding of what's going on? And I think that's why the scripture said the Holy Spirit knows what is the heart and the mind of God. So you see, sometimes when I don't understand how to pray for people or events, then the Holy Spirit, who knows how to pray, he begins to pray. Now, why in the world, if I am a believer in Jesus, would I ever want to say, well, I don't need this in my life. I'll just go ahead and pray on my own and do on my own. Because maybe I'm missing some breakthroughs that I might need in my life. Does that make sense? Why do you think? Why do you think there's so much controversy in the church world over speaking in tongues? Because the Bible says, there is the power of life and death in what we say. There is the power of life and death in what we say. It's part of our spiritual armor. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, 
Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then in Jude 20, he says, But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Could it be the reason we lose some spiritual build? battles is that we don't take time to put on the spiritual armor of praying in this spiritual language and allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede with us because it is a language. It's not gibberish. Second of all, if you look at that, it's a pure language. It's a pure language. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, and then uh, 5 through 9. Look at this. This is at the very beginning. At one time, all the people of the world spoke what? The same language and the same words. Now, on the screen is the New Living Translation. In your notes is the New King James. But I want you to look at the New Living Translation again. At one time, all the people of the world, say it with me, spoke the same language and used the same words, the same language. They all spoke the same language and used the same words. Now, look at verse 5. But the Lord came down to look at the city. And the tower that the people were building, remember, they were going to build the Tower of Babel. And they said, let's build a tower so that we can go all the way to the heavens. Let's go all the way up to where God sits. Let's build a building that tall that we can get to God. So, but the Lord came down. He looked at the city. He looked at the tower that they're building. And he said, the people are united. And they all speak the same language. After this, read this phrase with me. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Read it again. And nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And he said, come, let's go down and confuse the people and give them different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city is called Babel which is where the Lord confused the people with different languages and they scattered them all over the world. Now, when I read that, I'm thinking, what was that language? If they all spoke the same language and, and in the midst of that, what was that language? People say, well, it must have been Hebrew, you know, because God's people are the Israelites. But wait, that's Genesis chapter 11. It wasn't until Genesis chapter 12 that God called Abram. So it couldn't have been Hebrew. Well, it must be English because after all, people in America, that's all they speak. You know, so, you know if you speak two languages, they call you what? Bilingual. If you speak one language, what do they call you? American. <laughs> and a lot of us don't do very good with that, right? So he says they spoke the same language. What was that language? I would like to submit to you that it was God's heavenly language, the language in which he spoke to Adam and Eve, the language that was a pure language. Now, when you look at that, you think about that, and uh, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9, I want you to look at this. And and Let me say this. I I think it's very important that he says, nothing they set out to do would be impossible for them. So let's confuse their language. So the question comes up in the mind of an inquisitive reader would be, would it have been possible 
for them to build a tower all the way to where God was. If I read this right, that's what he's saying. He's saying it would, have been, it would have been possible for them because of the pure language, what they were speaking, working in one accord, that they would have been able to build a tower that would have reached all the way into heaven. That's some powerful work right there. So he said, I've come to confound them so they can do that. Now, in Zephaniah, there is a prophetic verse that has to do with the coming of Jesus and this prayer language, this heavenly language. And here's what it says. For then, in the future, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, for then I, he's speaking, Zephaniah speaking as a prophet for God, for then, in the future, I will restore to the peoples a pure language. Notice he doesn't say, I will give them a pure language. He says, I will do what? I will do what? Restore to the peoples a pure language. That they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him. How? With one accord. With one accord. This scripture is all about Jesus and the Spirit. He said, I'm going to restore a pure language and they will come and be able to work in one accord. It's a pure language. I've traveled in 75 nations of this world. I've preached in several nations. And there have been times when I've been preaching with an interpreter. And an interpreter would say to me, oh, I can't say that. In our, in our tongue, what you just said is profanity. And so I, I, I can't say that. So I began to understand that in every known language in the world, there's profanity. People can learn to cuss. Learn to cuss. In the only language there's no profanity is this pure language. Look at this. God communicated. It's a pure language. They came in one accord. There was nothing impossible for them to do, and they started building the tower. God says, no, we, we can't let this happen. He confounds their communication. They no longer have the pure language, the language of heaven. Now everybody has their own language, their own dialect. And then, it says that on one day, and they were all in one accord and in one place, and the Lord restored this pure heavenly language. Wow. What is inside of you is so much bigger than we've ever thought of before. It's a pure language, the heavenly language that we can communicate with God. So number two point today is simply this. I'd just like for you to have the courage to try. Have the courage to try to step out in faith. When, when, when people come through growth track, right, Tanya? Uh, today is step three, I guess. And so they learn about their motivational gifts and they learn about their temperaments. And we say to people, just try. If you feel like you have a, uh, you have a motivational gift of teaching or encouragement or serving, just do what? Just try it. Just try it. And when you try and you find your motivational giftings, you'll walk away from that and say, wow, I was made for this. I was made for this. I'm a, a person who has a motivational gift of teaching, when they teach, wow, I, 
I know that I was made for this. Or encouragement, I was made for this. Or serving, I know I was made for this. Or leading, I was made for this. And so what I'm just simply saying, why separate this one gift because we've had poor teaching or in, in the past something come that we had separated from something? No, let's just try speaking this heavenly language and praying and talking to God. Don't feel condemned. Don't feel like, well, it might, I might not be like somebody else. Look, any gift, any gift, whether it's teaching or whatever, you have to work at that. You have to try that. So in your quiet time, I'm going to ask you, as a, as a believer, I'm going to ask you to just try speaking in the language. The scripture says, they spoke in other tongues as a spirit gave them the utterance. I speak in English and Spanish. No, not really. I don't want Miguel coming up to me later and saying, no, it's not how to. How do I speak English? Into my mind comes a picture or an utterance, and I know that's what I've learned to speak. And so I open my mouth. My tongue is connected with my brain sometimes. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Other times my tongue runs way ahead of my mouth, all right? But it's that process. So how do I speak? They spoke in another tongue as the Holy Spirit brings into their thoughts, into their spirit, words and phrases that to us sometimes sounds like baby talk or gibberish, but it's not that. And then he's waiting for us to speak. I want you to hear some testimonies of people. Listen, in the next few weeks on Wednesday nights when we look at this on the first Wednesdays, we're going to talk about how that people receive their prayer language in different ways. And people speak in different ways. You may say, you know, you hear somebody, sometimes you sit down to pray with somebody and you hear them and it's just like, you know, you think, man, they're not very good at this thing. But at least they're trying. And have you tried? I want you to hear a couple of testimonies. Watch this. This is Pastor Robert. I told you to get his book. Listen to this. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I did not speak in tongues because I had the stronghold built up. I did prophesy, though. They encouraged me to. I didn't know. I just had this welling up in me to say something, and they encouraged me to say it. Debbie, however, did speak in tongues. Uh, and then I was praying, God, if you want me to have it, give it to me, and, you know, things like that, because I didn't know any better. I, did, I had not studied it in Scripture. And so uh, a few months later, we were getting ready for church, and uh, Debbie had this smile on her face. And I said, what, what, what are you smiling about? And uh, she said, oh, nothing. And I said, no, really, what are you smiling about? She said, well, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you. I said, well, tell me, what, what are you smiling about? She said, well, last night you went to sleep, and I couldn't sleep, so I got up and went into the living room and read my Bible for a while. And I came back in, and when I came back in, she said, well, I heard you. And I said, heard me what? And she said, you know, speaking in tongues. And I said, What? She said, yeah, you were speaking in tongues last night, and I heard you. I said, are you telling me the truth? Are you? I said, I was asleep. I was asleep. She said, well, you were speaking in tongues, and you're doing really well, too. <laughs> and so I went to my pastor, because this was all new to me, you know, and so I went to my pastor, 
And I said, Debbie told me I was speaking in tongues while I was sleeping. I said, have you ever heard of this? I'll never forget what he said. He said, oh, yes, this happens a lot to hard-headed people. I said, well, what I do? You know, what's amazing is the, the Bible says that when we do this, that our spirit is praying. Here's what's amazing. I had such a stronghold. I was so hard-headed about this that my spirit had to wait for me to go to sleep so he could pray. <laughs> Every night he's just sitting there, come on, come on, come on. Okay, Lord, now let me talk to you about what he was talking about here. You know, what he asked for earlier, forget that. That's not right. So I said to my pastor, what I do? He said, well, sometime when you're alone, so you won't be embarrassed, when you're alone and you're in your quiet time and you're reading your Bible and you're praying when you're in the presence of God, he said, just open your mouth and start speaking syllables that you don't know. You just yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, I thought it would just pop out of me. And I thought he said, no, no, no. There's a gift of tongues and there's a grace of tongues. There's, there's a message in tongues through the Lord and there is a a, a, a yielding and a praying in tongues. So he said, you have to yield to this. And he taught me some of the things that I'm teaching you. And so I, I said, okay. So I started doing that. About a week or two later, he said to me, how's it going? I said, I don't know. I just said, it's going fine, but I don't feel anything. He said, well, do you always feel something when you pray in English? Or do you sometimes just pray by faith? Do you always feel when you tithe? Do you always feel something when you tithe? Or do you just tithe in faith? And so I, he said, it's just like anything else in the Christian life. You have to do it by faith. So I said, okay. So I kept, and a few months later, I'll never forget, I was speaking somewhere at a church, and in the morning I was praying. The sun was actually, I remember, coming up, and I was walking around the hotel swimming pool. No one was out there, and I was praying in English, just praying for the day, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to. The Bible says, you know this, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And so I started, and all of a sudden, an unction and an anointing came on me, and I felt like I was preaching under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was speaking in this language that I didn't know. And I was gesturing, and I could feel, and, and I, would, I would, you know, Paul said, pray that you may interpret. Sometimes I would have a picture of one of my kids in my mind, and I would pray, or of my family, or something like that. But the breakthrough came after being obedient. It's much like tithing in that we start, we don't feel anything, and then a breakthrough comes later. Awesome. Wow, 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 wow. Well, I want to continue because, like I said, in the next several weeks, we're going to let several different people share with you uh, their pilgrimage in receiving their prayer language. And I have Al with me, who is my trainer, uh, at, and, and he owns Infinity Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> and Tanya, uh, who is our Next Steps director here. And uh, so they're going to share with you. So, Al, let's start with you. Uh, you're a you're a real man's man, I would assume. You know, you're not a pansy. I know you that well. You drive me crazy at the gym. And uh, I'm sure you were raised around the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, and this is all easy for you, right? Uh, I was raised a Catholic, so the only Holy Spirit I, I witnessed was, I thought that was speaking in Latin. Uh-huh. All right. So how did this journey come to you then, uh, this, this whole language that you have? Uh, well, it was probably in my 30s, and it actually happened here at the Father's house. Um, I took a class, very small class here. It was called the School of Leadership. And in this school, we learned all about the different spirits, uh, uh, powers of the Holy Spirit. And one of those powers was speaking in tongues. And uh, you encouraged us to exactly what you did today. Just practice in your prayer time, and it's probably going to sound like gibberish. So in my truck, I would 
was obedient. I, I prayed, and then I speak, spoke gibberish, which sounds a lot like my daughter's music, actually. <laughs> uh, and I just kept on being obedient and praying. Um, it wasn't until the last day of the school and leadership, which uh, I've seen this never happened before, but you were there, uh, Anita and Tim and Mike, and uh, you said that you were going to go around the room and you were going to lay hands on everybody and pray in your prayer language. So I'm really nervous now, right? I'm, yeah. I'm looking at this happening and I wasn't the first one. So uh, you went to the individual and you guys were laying hands and speaking your prayer language and I'm looking at this and I'm pretty anxious. I'm excited. I don't know what to expect. I've never spoke in, in my prayer language before. So it came my turn and you guys all surrounded me and laid your hands on me and I closed my eyes and at that time I pretty much just felt like I was floating. Wow. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever had the little tingleys all over your body where like the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. So my whole body started tingling and I and I just decided I'm going to speak some gibberish. So mm. I just started speaking. But at that moment in time, it was not gibberish. Yeah. It was definitely something authentic. Wow. Um, I started crying. Wow. You know, I, I knew I was speaking directly to God at that moment. Wow. And uh, since then, I'd still pray in tongues. For me, it usually happens when I'm praying for somebody that I don't really know how to pray for. Yeah. Just recently I had some best buds, you know, have some cancer. And, you know, when I'm praying for them, I, I pray that they heal. I pray that they get better. But those words to me aren't, you know, don't, are not deep enough from, from what I really want to pray. So my spirit will prompt me and say, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> and I will start speaking in tongues. And I know at that moment in time, I'm really communicating with God and getting my prayers wow. through. Wow. Amen. 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 So, Al, I guess... I guess when you received your prayer language and you became pretty perfect and you don't have any bad words or anything like that anymore. Is that right? You could ask my wife. She would definitely say no. <laughs> <laughs> and I work out with you at the gym and I would say no. <laughs> you see, here's, here's the thing a lot of people think, well, once a person, they're, they're so far above me that they have this prayer language. It's a grace gift. It's a grace gift. It's, and you don't, get, you don't get super holy after that. But as best as I know, you're not weird most of the time. You're not, you're not weird. And, 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 you're, and you're comfortable with this. Yes. I mean, it's beyond you. Yes. You can't figure it out, really. It's beyond but, my understanding. But you're comfortable with this. Yeah. Never, never had it taught to you in the back, but at 30. And then since then, I, I love what you said. Would you tell me, and I think it's, I thought this was, I guess it's all right to say sometimes people say something is cute. But I thought it was, so, it was so humbling to me and innocent when you said you felt like you were cheating God. Yeah, when I was speaking in gibberish, you know, I kind of like, you know, I kind of felt weird about it. And I'm like, God is probably looking down at me, you know, probably laughing, thinking, you know. But one of the things I thought, you know, which I didn't know at the time is it just wasn't my time to get my prayer language yeah. yet. Yeah. You know, God had a special time that he prepared for me. And I think me working on doing that and continuing to practice, I think, led to that moment. Yeah. What Al said, he said that the other day, he said, you know, sometimes I, I just feel like I'm cheating on God when I pray in the Holy Spirit. And I thought that was just so, that was, that's the innocence that we all have. You know, we go back to that Holy Spirit is God the Spirit, right? There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. All right, my friend Tanya. Tanya, watch. Hello. Tanya, 
Welcome. I love them now. So Tanya, tell us about your spiritual prayer journey with the Holy yeah, Spirit. All <laughs> right, now I'm going to have to like get serious in all this after that. But no, um, for me, um, because of how I grew up, I grew up uh, Church of Christ. Um, and let me say this. We're not diminishing any church, all right? I, I don't want anybody to feel like we're diminishing any church because we all walk where we are at that moment. And what yes. we've been through makes us who we are. And so I don't want anybody who feels like they're from the Catholic Church or, you know, my wife, she was raised Catholic and, uh, you know, I, she was really Catholic heathen, so I can't really say Catholic. But anyway, so I just don't want anybody to f go away and feel like that. I'm not trying to steal you here, Daniel. I'm going to come back. I don't want anybody to feel like that we're putting any other denomination down, okay? Please continue. Okay. Um, so I wasn't raised speaking in tongues, um, and I wasn't really exposed to it, but um, when I came here... Um, I will be honest when I, when I heard people speaking in tongues and by then I understood, um, or had an understanding. I didn't understand, I didn't understand completely, but I had an, a knowledge. Um, that is something that I wanted. I felt like, um, I should be able to speak in tongues as a mature Christian. Um, so I felt, uh, that there was something in me that was keeping that from happening. So, and um, at Unstoppable in 2018, I actually received my prayer language. Wow. I was very excited. Wow. Um, it was just a couple of um, syllables, but I was very excited about that. And then I never was able to speak it in it again. And I, I didn't understand that um, at all. Cause I was like, God, you gave it to me. I've been praying, I asked for it, you gave it to me and then I don't have it anymore. So um, fast forward to the beginning of this series, actually, um, we were doing run through, cup, um, I think it was like the second week of the series and we were doing the run through and you said this is what we're gonna talk about today I'm gonna um, uh, and what you said and then what happened were kind of two different things but you had said um, you were gonna in invite people set an environment to invite people to receive their their prayer language and um, and I'm gonna be honest with you I heard you but I kind of dismissed it because I was like I have it I'm just not using it so I didn't think that that was gonna be for me so when you stood up here, you said, um, you, we, you were starting to facilitate that time, and then you said, there may be some of you that received your prayer, prayer language about two or three years ago, um, and you haven't been able to use it since. It may have just been a couple of syllables, and you don't know why you can't use it. And you were standing on the stage, and I was back there doing chat hosts, and you turned, and you looked at me, and you said that even though you didn't because you can't see me back there. You can't see the top of my head. <laughs> but you turned and you looked and you spoke directly to me. And before I knew it, I was standing up. I was sobbing. And I was speaking in my wow. prayer language. Wow. And it was wow. almost like it was just released. So wow. whatever that block was that I had was broken because wow. you said, because when you started, I was like, he's not talking to me. And it's almost like God turns your body and said, Tanya, he is talking to you. Mm. He's talking specifically to you. So let me tell wow. you so that you know that he's speaking specifically to you. And you said in our run through as a, and I'm going to be honest, I thought I'm staff. I should be able to speak in my prayer language, right? People ask me for prayer all the time. They're going to be looking at me weird like, oh, I asked her for prayer and she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be honest. Um, and so I was, and you said, don't be embarrassed. And, and I was like, God is like downloading into PT everything that I need to hear because he's talking to me. And so, um, and 
it's just amazing because at the beginning of the year, I said to God, I said, I want to pray for people. That's what I want to do in 2021. I want to be that person that someone says, hey, I have a prayer need. Can you pray for me? But then I also thought, but I don't have my prayer language, so how am I going to do that? Hmm. And it just, um, but since then, you know, I'm, I'm welcoming the prayer request. Wow. I have my prayer language, and I'm ready to wow. pray for people. Wow. So what difference has that made in your life? Um, it gave me a confidence to, I mean, I know that when, I, when I'm talking to God and I'm, I'm praying for myself or, or something or for someone, I mean, I know that he hears me, but I also uh, understand that he's talking back to me and I feel, mm. I understand that better now, wow. that it is, it is a conversation. It's just wow. not a one way, let me drop off my request, thanks God, have a great day and go on about my business, wow. that there's actually a transaction that's yeah. happening between yeah. us. You know, Al, you know, let me ask you this. Everybody figures, okay, I get paid for doing what I'm doing. So, but what would you say to someone that's sitting here watching online that have never received their prayer language, maybe even come from a background where they were taught that it was not for today? What, what, what would the Holy Spirit lay on your heart that you'd like to say to people that are here? I would like to say just, uh, you know, we all are Christians. We believe in Jesus, we believe in the Bible, and prayer language is in the Bible. That means you believe in your prayer language. You may not have received it yet, and it took me, you know, in my 30s. It may be longer, it may be shorter, so each one of us is individual. And God has prepared a special time in your life that he's gonna give that gift to you. Yeah. You know, but it's gonna take some effort on your, on your behalf. It's gonna, it's gonna take your faith, it's gonna take your belief, it's gonna take you know, you reading the Bible and, and reinforcing, you know, what the world is constantly telling you is not true. Yeah. You know, so reinforcing Good. it and, and, and sticking with, you know, your spiritual yeah. beliefs. What about you, Tanya? What would you say to people that are here watching online? Um, I would just say that, um, number one, everything's in God's timing. And so um, maybe you haven't received it yet because you're head says you need it but your heart's not ready Ooh. and so and that was what it was for me Ooh. because i thought i had to have it but my heart wasn't ready wow and so that's what i would just say you know um and then i was very specific i asked god i said please i want this i want to be able to to speak to you in my prayer language and and then that let me know that my heart was ready for it awesome hey give him a hand would you great job awesome Awesome. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you in, in just a minute. Would you take out that connection card in front of you that Pastor Tim asked us to all fill out? If you're a first-time guest, uh, take yours out to the, uh, the table with the balloons. Uh, I have a gift that I want to give you, a book and a cup. And uh, if you have a special prayer need or whatever, you can drop it in the bucket as you leave. But what is your next step? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What is your next step? Well, maybe my next step is to just study this more. Because I want you to hear me clearly. If you don't have your prayer language, that doesn't make you less of a Christian. Would you please hear me? Please hear me. Please hear me. I've known in my life people that speak in tongues and shack up, all right? So I'm going to tell you, just because of that, doesn't, doesn't, make, doesn't make you perfect. Please hear me. And you must never feel guilty. 
But this is something so special, so pure, so beautiful. So what's your next step? Would you write that on? And as you leave today, you can drop it in a bucket because we want to pray with you. But maybe you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. That would be the first step. Or maybe you're watching online. Maybe somehow you just, you just was floating through and, and you landed on this, on this site. And it's not an accident. It's not an accident. And it's not an accident you're here today. You may have gone to church all of your life, but you've never really... You see, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than driving your car into a garage or walking into a garage makes you a car, right? It's not the place, it's the heart. There's only one way that we can get to God, and that's through Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death. He died on the cross to pay for your sins, to pay for your sins. And if you've never invited him into your heart and into your life, Scripture said, if I call upon the Lord, I can be saved. He took your sins and my sins. It's a personal transaction between you and the Lord. I can lead you in a prayer, but you have to surrender your heart. It's not just to pray to get guilt off of you, but it's to pray because you want a life change in this world. Because it's not things in this world that satisfies. The only thing that satisfies is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So would you bow your heads with me? And if you're here today or if you're watching online, you know, we do it differently every week. Sometimes we say, raise your hand. Sometimes do this or that. But it's really between you and the Lord, right where you're sitting and those of you that are watching online. And if you've never invited Jesus into your heart and asked him to forgive you of your sins, today's the day to do that. He said, behold, I stand at your heart's door and knock and he won't force his way in, but he wants to come in today. He loves you so much. If you were the only person living, he would have still gone to the cross because God so loved the world and he so loves you. Today, I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you make this your prayer if you've never invited Jesus into your heart? Pray with me. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. And on the third day, he rose from the dead to give me a fresh start, a new beginning. I can't do it on my own. So I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior and fill me with your spirit. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.